Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It is your boy, the Grand Poobah over here, Ben Miller, with your West Side Lions podcast. Got another week in the bag for these Detroit Lions. It was kind of a weird game against the Washington football team, and we're going to talk about it. I'm sure many of you Lions fans have some feelings about this game. We did too, so we're going to talk about it. What a better place to talk about it than right here with us on our podcast. So let's move into it. We have our two co-hosts with us today. We've got Jake here. Jake, how is your week going so far, dude? It's going good. How is yours? It's going. It's going. Um, Quarantining right now because my wife was in close contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID, so... I had to get tested because I had symptoms arise, and so I'm waiting for those results to come back, and so me and my wife are just quarantining, and so like I've said before to you guys is I've just been playing Assassin's Creed nonstop. New (laughs) Xbox came out, I got that, and I've already put 36 hours into the game, so, you know, it is what it is, and uh, while you two are both not Xbox as much people... I think the Xbox is better. No, not at all. <laughs> that voice there is our second co-host. We've got Austin Rudlin is back this week. He was busy last week, I'm but he back. is back. Austin, how are you, man? Got my got my paper done. Good. I am ready nice. to go. Nice. Good. Well, we're glad to have you back this week. It was a little odd not having you around, but we're going to move into it with everyone in on this time we're gonna have a good podcast and so let's just dig right into it right from the start washington versus i'm sorry detroit lions versus the washington football team which is their name and it's ridiculous but the washington football team lost this game to the detroit lions um i think it's 27 24 Something like that. Anyways, it was a field goal that made the difference. Matt Prater came in clutch once again. Last second field goal from 50-plus to win the game for the Detroit Lions. Um, Most times I would be happy about a final second win, but this game was, once again, kind of ugly. We started off really well. We were playing well, and then... We started letting them come back, and we had a lot of feelings going into this. I tweeted it out on our Twitter account here for this podcast, and um, we'll kind of go over a little bit of what my takeaways were from this game later, but let's get into your guys' takeaway first. Austin, what was your takeaway from this game? Um, well, I came into this game with very low expectations. Um, and, you know, I mean, part of me was hoping, I mean, okay, this is never a good thing, but part of me was hoping that they would lose so that Matt Patricia would be fired. But, you know, then they took the lead 24 to three. And as a Detroit Lions fan, I can't not root for them. Right. When they take that big of a lead. But... Because we're Lions fans, we know that no lead, no matter how big, is ever safe. Yep. So, uh, 
in typical Lions fashion, they let them come all the way back, put us on the edge of our seats, and then pull the rug out from under them. Yeah. I wasn't happy with it at all. Yeah. It, but it is what it is. Yeah, it was weird because on Twitter, the Lions fanverse was all saying the same thing that you were saying at the beginning was – when the comeback started for the Washington football team, and let's be honest, it looked like they were going to come back and win. Um, everybody was saying, well, that's it for Patricia. And a lot of people were saying that they were happy that this was happening because they want Patricia gone. And like you said, that is a tough thing to want your team to lose for a coach to be gone. And that doesn't say a lot for the coach when fan base is wanting the team to lose so you can be gone but um a lot of people wanted that so that's definitely not a feeling that was a mystery to lions fan this past weekend and i i think many people were feeling the exact same way that you were feeling uh jake what about you what were your feelings um i just have one word and it's disappointed i'm disappointed about quite a few things I'm disappointed we had such a big lead against the Washington football team, and they almost came back and won the game. And I'm disappointed we won the game because I I really don't want Matt Patricia to be our coach, but at the same time, we need to win a game against the Washington football team considering they're not doing too hot themselves this season. So, you know, there's a lot of emotions because you want them to win against the football team but mm-hmm. you don't want them to win. You know, it's kind of like mixed emotions there. And, and I'm just on the medium side now because I'm just mad because we won a close game and Patricia's still there. It's, right. it's, it's so weird. Yeah. Um, when we were watching this game, we pulled out to a big lead from the start. It was, like we said, like 24 to 3 or something like that. and And then we happened to do the same thing that we do every every week. And we just kind of play soft coverage. We take our foot off the gas pedal. And we play the bend, don't break mentality. And look where it almost got Washington football team, whose offense is like one of the worst in the league, a huge comeback on the Lions and, and to win. But they didn't win, so it almost does more harm than good for this team because when you actually have these issues happen and then you lose, then the team is actually sitting here, okay, why did we lose? Oh, they can put their finger on it. Oh, it's because of this. But when you're winning, you say, yeah, this happened, but we won. So then changes aren't going to make any difference because they're just not going to come. Because if we're winning, we don't have to change things, is what this mentality for this coach is. Um, And it's difficult, because you want to see the changes to make this team better and better, but we just haven't been seeing it. And wins like this makes it harder for the team to make those changes. Um, So with my takeaway, that was part of it as well. This whole game was a huge roller coaster of emotions. Um, I, like you, started off, we, you know, I didn't have a lot of high expectations for this game. I was 
excited when we started playing well. Our running game was tremendous. We were playing extremely well on offense. Our defense was not great, but we were making some big plays, which is even more than what we've been doing. But overall, the defense was not great, but we pulled out to a huge lead. So I was happy to see it. I was very happy to take a lead. And at that point, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be happy about a win. It was a good win. We fought hard. Up big. And then we start to see the Lions doing the same thing they every they do every week. And the opposing team starts coming back. And we're going to just completely ruin everything. And we're going to just let them come back and win. But um, at the same time, I was happy because I would have thought in my mind that if the Fords saw that game, saw Matt Patricia lose the lead like that and and lo- and take the loss, I would have 100% believed that Matt Patricia would have been fired after that game. But then, of course, Matt Prater and Matt Stafford comes out with 16 seconds left on the clock, makes it all the way down the field, far enough for Matt Prater to kick a 50-something yard field goal to win the game. Like, what a flippin' roller coaster. I can't figure out where I want my feelings to be on this game because it was just all over the place. There were good, there was bad, mixed emotions. Everybody was just kind of on the edge of their seats but not wanting the team to win. It was such a weird game for Detroit Lions fans. Um, But like we said, there were positives in this game. The biggest one, and the most obvious one, that we have said needed to happen for a long time, is DeAndre Swift was given his first start of his NFL career for this game, being the lead back, our second round pick in this last draft, who everyone has said is special and a talented running back and he's going to be a difference maker but we have not started him up until this game and finally we started him and he had over 100 total yards for the day he had 16 carries for 81 yards and then five receptions for 68 yards and one touchdown those are great great numbers for a running back and then Matthew Stafford he played very well as well he has he was 24 for 33 for 276 yards, three touchdowns, and a QB rating of 76.6. Our offensive line looked good. They were making holes. For once, we had a game where the offensive line was not rotating people in and out, and we could actually just have people there and actually see a complete group. And we're going to talk about the offensive line in a couple weeks when we talk about the future of this team and who needs to, you know, where we can build on. But this offensive line is pretty young, and we're going to keep them for a long time. So I'm very excited for the future of this offensive line. And then the offense in general was a top five defense in the league, even even without Kenny Galladay, which is our top wide receiver threat. They were still top five. Off, I'm sorry, we were looking like a top five offense on a top five defense in the league. The Washington football team was a top five defense in this league. 
They had absolutely no sex this game. They had the top-ranked passing defense in the league, and Matthew Stafford with 16 seconds left just took it down the field. I mean, throughout the entire game, Matthew Stafford just kind of had his way with the secondary. So that was amazing to see. Matthew Stafford was looking like he was back. Um, He's not been as consistent recently, but he looked good this game. So I'm hoping that that can continue. Another positive for this game is Everson Griffin. Last week, he didn't do a whole lot, but this this week he tied the franchise record for QB hits. So he's starting to kind of help out with what's needed, which is the pass rush. So I'm excited to see him and Flowers when he gets back and Romeo Okwara, who is a top five edge rusher right now. So those three together, I'm excited to see the possibilities with. And then another positive is it looks like our boy Matt Prater is back. He had a few misses earlier this season. We were kind of not sure what his consistency was going to be from now on. But from this game, he was he was just, you know, lights out. He was three for three for field goals. And then he had three out of his three extra points as well. So he was, I mean, he was just on fire. And then, like I said, that last one to win the game for 50-some yards was just, I mean, it was good for 65 yards if he would have, I mean, he just bombed that kick. It was insane. So I'm glad to see him kind of back to what he was before. But like I said, also, there were some negatives on this team. And Jake, take me through a little bit of the biggest negatives from this defense. Because that's the main negative here was the defense. So what were the biggest pieces that this defense was struggling with? Um, I have to say the pass coverage was very bad. Um, Washington and Alex Smith were consistently making passes against this team. I, I, going into the last, uh, Washington's last drive, I believe, um, uh, Alex Smith had only five incomplete passes out of, what, 40? I, th- I think that's what, what the number was, but, you know, that's kind of unacceptable considering it's Washington's offense. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you remember what I said last week, Jake, when we were talking about Alex Smith, was the the Lions' defense is going to make Alex Smith look great. Yeah. And, and they did. They did. They absolutely did. So the corners just didn't stop them, and all of these short passes, you know, just racked up all of these yards. They kept doing, and that's something that this defense does all the time. They don't let the big plays down the field kill them. They let the short passes in the middle of the field kill them. And you can move the ball just as fast doing it that way rather than a big play for 70 yards downfield. Um, I I don't get that mentality and the scheme that they want to run doing that, but I think it's just going to do more harm than good. And I think that's part of what the defensive scheme that Matt Patricia wants is. And I don't think that it works. And I think that it's just going to create issues ongoing. What do you think about that? What What's your take on that kind of scheme where it's the bend, don't break thing? Um, I think it'd work better. Um, but I think it just comes down to the coaching in general. 
But, yeah. I think they need to definitely find a new skin because they're constantly changing it and it's constantly not working. And when they find something that works, they change it again, hoping it will get better. It, it's it's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a hot mess. Yeah, it was just not what I wanted to see from this defense. And it's not something that, like, generally works for any team. So I don't understand why they keep doing it. When they switch to their zone coverage, they're playing much better and they're covering people better, but then they just go right back to the same stuff. And then they get games like this where a bad quarterback looks great. They do it all the time. To any bad quarterback they play, I guarantee you he'll look good against the Lions. So after this game, the Lions now sit at four and five. And we have to talk about something that kind of worries me. And this is what it is. The playoffs are just around the corner. And the Lions are only two teams out from getting a playoff spot. They are currently... Two teams. The two teams are the Chicago Bears, which are in a full downward spiral right now, and I don't see that changing for them, and the Seattle Seahawks, who have lost four out of their last five games. That, even with who the teams the Lions have coming up, there's possibilities that they could pull off wins. And they could get to a playoff spot. Do you guys think that the Lions realistically and and even without like anything with the Lions goggles on, like a Lions fan goggle, do you believe that the Lions could possibly get into a playoff spot? Yeah, I do. But I don't think it's going to happen. But there there is a chance considering how easy our schedule is. But, you know, looking at the NFC, there's a bunch of teams fighting for a playoff spot right now. Like the Vikings are fighting for a wild card spot. Um, Mm -hmm. The Buccaneers are. And everyone in the NFC West is, except for the 49ers. So that's five teams, like, fighting for a wild card spot, you know. And I think those five teams are all better than Detroit. Yeah. I don't know. Austin, let me ask you this. Um, Say that the Lions somehow pull off getting into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. Um, You have to imagine they get to a playoff. The first team that they play, they're going to get blown out. Because we've seen that every time they play a good team, they get just blown out. Do you think with what... Sheila Ford said last year that they want to be playing meaningful games in December. That if they get to a playoff spot and they lose the first game, do you still think that they will fire Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn? I'm a little torn on this. Just because 
I feel like they like Patricia, but... Okay, so here's what I want. If they make it and they lose, I want him to be gone. Mm -hmm. Will I think it happens? No, probably not. Mm -hmm. If he makes it, even if they do lose, I think they'll probably keep him. Mm -hmm. Just because they're dumb and apparently don't know how to run a football team. But... Uh, yeah, and I think that yes, I think that's I, what I a lot of yeah I think that's what a lot of fans worry about at this point is we're four and five that's almost a five hundred team you could easily I shouldn't say you could easily you could realistically make the playoffs this year as an eight and eight team and if the Lions could continue to five hundred for the season that makes a lot of Lions fans worried that, okay, we're middle of the pack. We have changes that are going to happen, or we want to happen, but if we sit at 8-8, eight and eight, the changes that we want aren't going to happen. I feel like that's a realistic fear that a lot of Lions fans have. And I think it's definitely warranted. I think the Fords have shown over and over again that they trust Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, and they're going to keep letting them, you know, do what they need to do to fix this culture. But we'll we'll actually talk a little bit more about Matt Patricia and that aspect a little bit later. So let's quickly, real quick, move into the next week game. Like we talked about last week, we're going to just briefly talk about the next game because a lot of Fans don't care as much. They already believe the season's over. If we start playing more games and we're winning and it looks like we're going to go into a playoff spot, we'll do a bit more detail on it. But as of right now, people don't care about the next game because they just want a loss anyways. So we're going to have just talk three key things about the next game, which is the Detroit Lions versus the Carolina Panther team. And so here's my key th- my three key takeaways and things to remember for this game is one, we're going to have to attack the quarterback right now. Teddy Bridgewater is limited in practices. There is a chance that Teddy Bridgewater will not play. And if that's the case, that would be great for the lions because I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. To be honest, I think it's somebody who used to play in the XFL and Will Greer and, um, uh, PJ Walker, I think. Okay. Yeah, so at that point, that's great for the Lions. Um, But if Teddy Bridgewater is in, we have to keep him uncomfortable. We have to attack him. We have to get pressure. Otherwise, he'll light us up. He just will. Their offensive weapons are dangerous. Their wide receivers are great. Their explosive offense. We have to attack the QB and keep him off guard. My number two key thing is we have to cover the running back out of the backfield. While Christian McCaffrey is going to be out for this game, which is a huge relief for Lions fans, Mike Davis is still extremely good at catching the ball out of the backfield. So we have to watch, especially with our linebackers that we have, as Jelani Tavai especially, which are not good at that, we have to be able to watch that in order to have any kind of success on defense. And then the last thing which I'm going to put a caveat next to because we just have some breaking news about this. 
is that the Lions have to lean on the running game for this game. And yes, I know it's weird to hear this about your Detroit Lions team, that they actually have a run game to lean on, but they have to do it. And with that being said, on the injury report today, brand new, is DeAndre Swift is currently on in the concussion protocol. And he's and we're not sure whether or not he actually will be able to play on Sunday or not. But if he does play, he has to be our starting running back. And we have to lead on him for this game because he's something special. And we have to have a good running back for this team. Also, with the injury report, Kenny Galladay does look like he will be back for this week. He was, he's been practicing this week, and it looks like he should be good to play. So with that, let's move into real quick our favorite play of the weekend. Jake, I'm going to start off with you. What is your favorite play of the weekend? Well, I'm just going to say the best play of the whole year was the DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary last second touchdown catch against the Bills. He caught it against the best three defenders on the Bills. He caught it on Tredavis White, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde. Yeah, oh that my was a, God. That was a pretty <laughs> in, incredible catch. That reminded me of uh, Calvin Johnson, how you, he used to do that back in the day. Against the Bengals. Yeah, against the Bengals. Used, yep, it reminded me big time of that. If there's anybody that I want to hear is the next Calvin Johnson, I would be okay with DeAndre Hopkins. But absolutely nobody else in this league can make the claim that they are the next Calvin Johnson because it's just not happening. My favorite play of this weekend was actually watching DeAndre Swift getting the start and showing out. It has been a long time since we've seen a running back who shows so much promise and that we could possibly have as our lead back for a long time. So this gave me a lot of hope. When we have a running game that we that we compare with Matt Stafford, that is a huge deal. So I loved seeing that. I loved seeing his big plays, the passes that he would get, and and the hurdles and the big truck stick that he laid down on a. Pl- I mean, it everything he did. I just loved watching him play. It was so much fun. Austin, I know you have another one from this game as well. What was your favorite play? So, I'm I'm gonna guess that this happened when uh, he took the roughing the passer penalty from Chase Young and that whole whatever pile. Um, Stafford hurt his throwing hand. Um, I, I mean that I'm not happy that he hurt his hand or anything like that, but the way that he always does his uh, his grit and his mentality and being able to come back and, uh, you know, eventually make the game-winning drive down there so Prady could kick his field goal. Um, so, th- I mean, that, that whole sequence of just Stafford being able to come back out. And then later after the game, we found out he has a partially torn ligament in his right thumb on his throwing hand. So that is, that's something else that we got to kind of keep an eye on for this game. coming mm. up. 
Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think we've seen it multiple times with Matthew Stafford. I mean, even when he had a broken back last year, he was wanting to play. You know, I doubt that with a torn ligament yeah. where he played three quarters of a football game last week that he's not going to play this week. That I'd highly doubt that um, unless, you know, the doctors just say, no, don't don't play. I'll, uh, I would <laughs> have a hard time believing the doctors would keep him off the field too, though, to be honest, knowing the grit. Yeah, knowing could. the grit of Matthew Stafford. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's also something we do need to keep an eye on as well as Stafford's injury. But as of right now, it's looking like he'll probably play. Um, so let's stop right there. We're going to take a quick five second, just big inhale and let it all out. And we're going to get into our next section. So let's all breathe. And now let's move into our fireside chat this week on our fireside chat. We're going to talk about the bleacher report article that came out about Matt Patricia and his first year teaching at the Detroit Lions. Um, Jake, I want you to just quickly, for those listeners who did not read the article, just give us a quick overview of what was going on in this article. So what happened in the article was, it was just saying that the after um, Matt Patricia's first year of coaching, a bunch of Lions players celebrated because they thought Matt Patricia was going to get fired. So this just proves that he is not a good coach and the, he doesn't fit with the players. Yeah. So a big a big name for Lions fans that was in this article and usually most people would not assume that he is somebody that would talk negatively about somebody had a few things to talk about um, Matt Patricia. In this article, Zach Zenner, previous running back for the Detroit Lions, a fan favorite of the Detroit Lions, um, had a few things to say. And Austin, take us through what Zach Zenner talked about in this article. Yeah, um, so... One of his quotes was just kind of talking about what Patricia had to say when he first came in. And uh, Patricia said, yeah, we have a long way to go. And um, Zenner says, gosh, I don't know how many times I heard that. It would stem from the idea that is this is not the Patriot way, so it is the wrong way. Um, I mean, yeah, the players... They were completely against uh, Patricia when he came in. He uh, he tried to change everything. Um, uh, I mean, my takeaway is like, I mean, the players just weren't used to the, I guess, quote unquote, blue collar work ethic that Patricia brought in. Um, there were small things that he said they were not allowed to do, like they couldn't play music in the locker room on game day or swapping jerseys with players after the game or wearing jewelry during the game um, or, I mean, like, or wearing smaller pads. I mean, the, the pad stuff, I mean, I get that. But, I mean, the other things that just... 
I guess if you want to, you want to be a player's coach, or I mean, what, what do you want to bring into the team? I guess the big thing with coaches is it's not the it's not college football. You you can't be the hard ass type of a coach. You these are grown men. These are grown men mm-hmm. who deserve the respect and they'll give you respect when you respect them. And you can't come in here saying you need to give me respect. You need to earn that respect and trying to come in like that doing a whole bunch of things that people didn't like that's not going to get you respect um and so it was tough for any player in that locker room to get behind a coach or respect a coach when they come in like that and kind of what Zach Zenner also said goes along with that is when you go to a place like New England who has that patriot way to win a ring I mean you go there and you expect to win a ring and you work hard and you earn it or you go deep in the playoffs when you go to Detroit and you do that you just lose so people don't want to lose and people especially don't want to work way harder than everyone else to have a worse record than people who work half as hard so the intention is good from Patricia to get them into that mindset, but you have to have the people that buy into it, and people aren't going to buy into it unless they're winning. So it does even more harm to the coach. And with all of that negative s- stuff that came out with Bleacher Report, Zach Center actually posted on his Twitter... He says, with the recent Bleacher Report article highlighting more of the negative, I wanted to share some additional positive thoughts on Coach Patricia. He cares deeply about his players and works extremely hard to win. He also said that he, Zach Zenner, learned a lot about football and fundamentals under him. And we would figure that because every single week he talks about fundamentals. So that's not a big surprise that people are learning fundamentals under him. And then Zach Zenner goes on to say, As part of the team, I take responsibility for those losses while I was there. Although I didn't agree with everything, I understood the direction he was trying to take the team and did my best to make that happen. I would go play for him today if he called and asked. So that was something good to hear. Um, so this is where I'm, I'm caught up at. Yes, I understand what he's trying to do for this team and getting a culture change and getting, you know, everything is, it's a very slow process to get them there. But the issue is he came about it the wrong way his first season and he tried to be super strict and and he was kind of an asshole and he tried to make it that none of the players could take advantage of him but it hurt those relationships and put him in an even worse situation than if he came into it as a players coach which he was in New England everyone thought he'd be a players coach Um, and he's been trying to do ever since but at this point the relationships and the bridges might already be burned for the fan base and 
I think that that's not good for his career, at least at the Detroit Lions. It, this may be a scenario where it's like Bel, uh, Bill Belichick, where he was with the Cleveland Browns, had a few years where he didn't have great numbers, he didn't have a great you know stat line, but they fired him, he goes to the Patriots, and look what he did there. Um, I think Matt Patricia is a very smart guy, and I think that he has the capabilities of being a good head coach. I, I just think he's tarnished his branding of a head coach since what he did his first season. Um, what were your guys? Do you guys agree with me? Disagree? Um, different thoughts about it? What do you guys think about about all of that and with Patricia's coaching? What I think was, I just don't think they were. Uh, I don't. I don't think they were quite ready for the change. I think um, firing Jim Caldwell kind of like surprised them a lot. And um, Matt Patricia's coaching style and the way like he um, coaches the players and treats the players is very different from how Jim Caldwell did it. And I I don't think they were quite used to it. And um, I I really don't agree with a lot of things Matt Patricia. Like, a lot of his rules, I really don't agree with a lot of them, but I understand, like, how he was trying to get, like, that kind of, like, um, leadership role, like, um, I'm the coach, you're the players, but, like, I don't like how he, um, went about that, and, you know, I don't think it, it's, it's not showed up in the games, you know, they're not playing well, Mm -hmm. and it, it just, it's, it shows that they're, not fans of Patricia. Yeah. Austin, what about you? Yeah. Um, I feel like he went at it the wrong way. Um, I feel like he came in and tried to push his authority onto other people mm-hmm. when he should have come in and tried to earn the respect of the players. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I get that, yeah, he was, you know, a quote-unquote whatever big deal in in New England, and uh, the players there were used to him, but I I still think that he needed to come in and uh, try to ease the players into the the new culture rather than just a, you know, a straight shell shock. Um, I mean, it's hard to criticize. I've never done it, but I, I just feel like he went about it the wrong way. Yeah, I agree. And and it may be one of those scenarios, like I said, that he goes to another team if another team is willing to take him. I think he's probably burned a lot of bridges with players in general. But um, if he gets another chance with another team, maybe he does really well and... I don't know. And and honestly, I'm not so sure that the Fords will fire him after this year, especially if he makes it to the playoffs. So uh, who knows? I, I'm willing to give... I'll say this. I'm willing to give him a chance to exceed and succeed here at the Detroit Lions. Um, if he can prove that to the fans, to the players, that he can truly make this a good team, I will 
quickly turn my boat around and and back him, but right now he, we're just we're just not seeing it. He had that roster. That team was a playoff roster, and he was like, "Oh, there's a lot of work to do." Yeah, there I was agree. A no, little the... work to do. That was a playoff team. They could have went from nine wins to twelve wins in a snap mm -hmm. of coaching. But no, they went from nine to six. He he had the chance to have a winning record, and he's blown it. He blew it his first season. That's Get the thing, though. He came here. He came into the first season and went about it all wrong. So then he's now trying to fix it from there. And you know, when you come in and saying to a bunch of grown men, you know, come in, sit your blank down. Um. After he sh after oh, he shows up late, yeah. Up. After he shows up late to the meeting, you're gonna lose all the respect of your team, and they're not gonna play well. I mean, so I I take everything from the first season. I don't blame that on the players. I don't. I, I, that was a hundred percent on the coach and the wrong way to come into the team. But I think that he still has the capability to be a good coach. I just we just haven't seen it and I at this point don't have anything that I can say yes he needs to stay but he's still got five more weeks of football games maybe more depending on how those five weeks of football games go so um, I don't know I'm ready to get rid of him at this point but I'm also ready to be shown that I'm wrong that's how I feel and it's weird. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. We're Lions fans. We don't know crap. Anyways, let's move into something that we think we know for this game we've got coming up. The Lions versus the Carolina Panthers. Jake, I'm going to start off with you. What is your thing that you think you know? I think the Lions will win. I said that last week. <laughs> I'm going to say it this week. Um, I think this is a pretty beat-up Panthers roster. They have been playing pretty well lately, but... You know, they almost beat the Chiefs, which is saying something. But that was with Christian McCaffrey. And, of course, he's he's not going to be playing this week. And I think that's a huge factor. Teddy Bridgewater's banged up. So, I think the Lions can pull off a win here. A close win. A very close win. Okay. And then, Austin, let's go with you next. What is your thing that you think you know? Um... I want to say a Prater field goal, but I feel like every time I say it, he doesn't do it. <laughs> and then every time I don't say it, he does do it. So I'm going to not say it and hope that he does it. And I'm going to go with a swift touchdown. So here's the thing. I'm going to go with, for my something I think we know, I was going to go with swift over 100 yards total for the day. But... We do not know if he's going to play on Sunday. So, I switched mine to TJ Hawkinson will get a receiving touchdown this game. Um, he was not used a ton last week because he wasn't needed to. We had a run game that was playing very well. But I think TJ Hawkinson kind of goes back up. Uh, I think he gets a touchdown this week. So, we'll see um, how those things look at the end of the game. We are also going to after this game and ongoing we're going to switch it up a little bit we're going to do we're going to split our podcast in half and we're going to do 15 minute podcast 
after the game so we can get our immediate reactions. Get us a little bit raw. And then I'll, we'll have fun with that. Um, and then we're going to do another 15-minute podcast later on in the week talking about anything else we wanted to talk about or the follow or the next game. So we'll revisit those things that we think we know on Sunday. We'll see how we're doing. Next, let's go into our underdog predictions. Austin, start us off with the underdog predictions. So I was going to take the Bengals over Washington. I veto that. That's you veto Bengals that. are a better team. Um, not according to FanDuel. I will. They, Washington is favored by one and a I half. I will points. allow it. So majority is allowed. What? But you said that I couldn't right. do Chase Young sack last week. First off, I should have let you because he didn't. And then yeah. second. <laughs> And then second, that's because it was just me and you. So majority was half. <laughs> now there's three people, and majority says we'll take it. <laughs> okay. All right, so Austin's got Bengals over Washington. Jake, let's go with you next. What is your underdog prediction for this week? I think the Rams will beat the Buccaneers. I, th- I think that'll be a good game for sure. The yeah. underdog prediction I have for this week is Falcons over the Saints. That's kind of a a little bit of a stretch from generally what I do for underdog predictions. But Drew Brees is out, though. Exactly. I think Drew Brees being out is a huge deal. Um, Michael Thomas has not gotten back to his former self yet. Falcons maybe want to make a statement. I think this is the week they do it. Um, so I take Jameson. Falcons over the Saints. I th- well, I'm just going to add on to that a bit. I think Drew Brees has stepped down a huge step le- this season. So I think Jameis Winston will be a little worse than Drew Brees, but not by that much. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I think Jameis Winston throws a lot more interceptions, though. and Yep. <laughs> and that could be a difference maker. So who knows? Our point breakdown right now, I am at three currently i got my underdog prediction correct from last week where vikings beat chicago bears and then jake got a point as well for his something that he thought he knew for the game before which was the lions win i like the fact that jake is doubling down because so far every time he said that the lions have won so um i don't even care that he's up by one and austin since he was not able to be with us last week he did not have anything for us, but he is still sitting at one. But if he gets both of them right this week, he could easily jump up right back into second place. So right now, Austin is at one. I'm at three, and Jake is currently at four. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Also, a quick reminder, and we're going to put this out on our, on our social media as well here, but the voting for the Pro Bowl is now up. So please make sure you get in there and vote for your Detroit Lions players. We have a few people who definitely deserve to be in a Pro Bowl. So please go vote for them. It's a popularity contest. It's a popularity contest, people. Detroit Lions do not get a lot of popularity. Go vote for them. You can vote as many times as you'd like. Make sure to vote for Yannick Nagakwe too, so the Vikings lose a pick. 
yep, that is something that was also out there. Uh, unique in Gonquay, make sure you vote for him for the um, outside linebacker. Just do it. And then, real quick, I'm just going to throw it back out there. Our Instagram page is West Side Lions. On Twitter, we are at Lions underscore West Side. And that is going to wrap us up for today. We will see you all on Sunday. And you will hear us on Monday because it takes overnight to download. Have a good night, everyone. And go Lions! <laughs>